Welcome to Madison Labor Radio. Labor Radio is dedicated to bringing news, information, and cultural events focused on working people and the labor movement to the Madison area and surrounding communities. I'm Gigi Todd, a member of the National Association of Letter Carriers, Branch 507. This is a special Pledge Week edition of Labor Radio. Your support helps make Labor Radio and all the great programming on WORT possible. Hi, I'm Keith Steffen, a member of the National Association of Letter Carriers also. This week we learn more about a walkout by MTI members, get updates on organizing efforts, catch up with more union news from Milwaukee and across the country, share a new statistic of the week, and much more. If you like what you hear, please consider becoming a sustaining supporter of WORT and Labor Radio. And now we're going to do a little bit of pledge wrapping. Ellen, are you there? Yes, I'm here. And I wanted to give out a shout out to Frank, who couldn't be with us today, but I'm sure he'd want everyone to call in and pledge. Of course, anyone who knows Frank would understand that, yes, he wants you all to call in and pledge. And I can't be at the station either, so I'm calling in by phone. And I just wanted to um, encourage people to call 608-256-2001 or go to WRTFM and uh, online and donate there and hit the donate button. But I wanted to remind everyone how important a resource WORT is. You know, we provide a voice for working people in the Madison area and surrounding communities. And you don't find the level of uh, voice that we give workers. You won't find that anywhere else. And one of the things, the stories I worked on this week really talks about all the organizing that's going on. And without the resources, like WRT, the workers who are trying to organize wouldn't be able to get their message out about why they're organizing and the conditions that lead to their organizing because, you know, organizing provides that voice and that power in the workplace. So help us keep that message going. Help us keep giving a voice to working people by contributing to WRT at 608-256-2001 or go to WORTFM.org and check out the Donate button. And I'm Joanne, and Carol is here as well. Uh, We're all here trying to convince you to call 256-2001 or go online to WORTFM.org and make a generous contribution. You can join Sandy, who just gave us a generous pledge. Uh, Thank you, Sandy. Um, Sandy picked up the new WRT 21-ounce travel mug as a thank you gift for her donation uh, we have, a whole, of course, a whole raft of thank you gifts that our phone answers will be happy to uh, tell you all about if you give us a call, 256-2001. Hoping to get five people to pledge during the program today. Uh, that's one down. That You could be number two, 256-2001. Carol? Uh, well, we did have an anonymous pledge for $50 that came in earlier on the show, and uh, we want to thank the donor for that. We have... Uh, Mike, first name only, made a pledge, uh, a generous pledge earlier today. And uh, thank you, Mike, no last name. And uh, when I said five, I meant five more pledges <laughs> than the ones we've already got. So 256-2001, you can join Mike, Anonymous, and Sandy, who have given us generous pledges. 
um, only a certain amount of time here. This is only a one-week pledge drive, so this is your only chance to support labor news. Oh, we have uh, we have a, a guest. That's okay. Uh, we we want to thank, uh, I don't know if we can say his full name, but Dennis from uh, Richland Center. He pledged to de- Democracy Now! Uh, uh, ours, so this is ours. Sorry about it, but it all goes to the to the same pot. And uh, yes, thank you very much, Dennis. And he likes democracy now. He likes Casey Fox and Guilty Pleasures, and he likes the local news. All right. Well, and thank good you, luck Dennis. Neighbor Radio, all right? And, you know, you never need to say yes. the last name of the donor, so it's all good. Thank all you, right, well, Dennis. Dennis, thanks a lot from Richard Center. He just made this call. And also, it's very important that he is pledging in memory of his wife, Annie Weitzirin Rude. All right. So yeah. this is in uh, memory yeah. of your wife, Annie. Thank you so much, Dennis. Mm-hmm. Thanks a lot. All right. And, uh, Ellen, are you going to hang around for the show and pledge your app on each of our breaks? Or? Uh, yes, I can. Yes, you can. All right. Come back on. I'll hang out and listen to the show. Well, Ellen, Carol, and I will it. be back in a few minutes. We're going to go back to the news. Teachers and staff at Madison Public Schools aren't happy with the tiny pay increases that appear in the proposed budget. And last week, students joined them in a walkout. Read Cami of WORT 6 o'clock news had this report. Strive for five. That was the message from faculty and staff from Madison East High School. The five they're referencing is more specifically 4.7. That's the percentage increase they want to see to their base wages in light of inflation and to line up with other Wisconsin school districts. The proposed budget released by the Madison School Board last month allocates a base wage increase of 2%, less than half of what educators are demanding. Sarah Bringman is a retired teacher and current member of Madison Teachers Incorporated, or MTI, the union for teachers in the district. Citing the current wages of staff and teachers compared to those at restaurant and store chains, Bringman predicts an exodus from Madison schools if the lower pay increase goes ahead. And right now the district is only offering a 2% increase, which means, as you can understand, that if our outside districts are offering a 4.7% increase, people are going to be drawn to those schools. Carla Oppenheimer is an English teacher at East and was one of several speakers at the rally. She said that the turnover of staff is detrimental to students' learning experiences. Staffing levels and retention directly impact the experiences of our students. When staff positions turn over every year, when positions sit unfilled for weeks or months at a time, and when staff are forced to leave mid-year to protect their own well-being, as 15 people have at East this year, mid-year, it makes our schools less safe less equitable, less joyful, and less rigorous places for children to learn and grow. An electronic petition laid out the union's demands, which include, in addition to the 4.7% base wage increase, an increase of $5 to the hourly wages of educational and security assistance, step increases to be specified on teacher contracts, and an increase of substitutes pay rates. Michael Jones, the president of MTI, also addressed the crowd. He expressed his disagreement with the district's decision-making. When they presented their budget, they said it's a moral document. And they said it's student-centered. Tell me how it's student-centered when for the price of roughly 40 EAs, they just passed repaving the, the, uh, the parking lots at schools. That could have paid for 40 EAs for a year. 
Where are your where are our priorities? The walkout on Friday follows the May school board meeting at which faculty and staff made similar appeals before the board. However, some of their addresses occurred during the first hour, which due to a technical issue was muted to online viewers. Rachel Pulling is a first grade teacher at Mendota Elementary School. She says that staff shortages at schools affect more than just the concrete learning in the classroom. I would say the main problem that sticks out to me at Mendota Elementary School is safety. And I think this is a problem across the entire district. Because when we do not have fully staffed schools, we do not have safe schools. When we have students whose needs are not being met, we do not have safe schools. Um, overall, we don't have the resources, the people, the space to provide the, um, the resources that the students need. Pulling added that these issues extend well beyond Madison. I just think that this problem is every single person in the world's problem. Our children are our children, and they deserve better than this. The school board will vote on the proposed budget at its next regular meeting on Monday, June 27th. A final budget is due this fall. Reporting for WORT News, I'm Reed Kamai. And we're back. Apparently we have some people to thank. Well, first of all, I want to thank Sean and Lois for taking those pledges. And also, that was earlier, that was Tony, who came in with a pledge from the previous show. IBEW Local 159 has given us a very generous pledge, a one-time gift of $500. Thank you so much, IBEW Local 159. Uh, Norm Stockwell also made a pledge, uh, and he does not want to thank you, Gift, but we thank you, Norm. Uh, Tracy Surprise and Adam Sish also made, Sesh also made a one-time pledge, and they are uh, don't don't want to thank you, Gift. And last and not least is uh, another uh, anonymous donor uh, from Blanchardville, Wisconsin, who also gave a generous pledge, and he does want the retro airline bag. Thank you very much, Ellen. Yes, I wanted to point out how um, WRT provides such a diversity of programming, and I think that contributing to Labor Radio is one of those places where you can contribute to something that doesn't normally get aired anywhere else. And so, you know, as I said before, it's this whole sense of community that we have this wonderful resource. So call 608-256-2001 or go to the webpage and that donate button and the other thing is that you can get the um i can never remember the name of it joanne it's where you get the auto deduct i believe so evergreen or evergreen? auto pay something like that uh, auto pay that's another really good option because that provides a more stable income stream for the station so that hopefully they don't do it need to do as many uh, on-air pledges if we get lots of people contributing regularly so Go to the webpage and look under the auto pay or call up at 608-256-2001 and consider that option. All right. Thank you very much, Ellen. 256-2001. We do have Anonymous that just gave us a generous pledge online. Thank you, Anonymous. Um, says I was at a light by State Street and looked over and thought I saw Tony picking his nose in his car. That was two days ago. Was that you, they said. So 
The anonymous <laughs> apparently would like to donate for Tony. Thank you, Tony. Two five six two zero zero one. Uh, you can join Anonymous. You can join um, Sandy. You can join join oh all the people that we've listed off so far. Um, well, local one fifty nine. One of our earlier pledgers, and I won't repeat the the name, but uh, that person wanted to especially thank Frank and Ellen for keeping Labor Radio on the air in Wisconsin. Yes, thank you, Felon. I mean Frank and Ellen for keeping <laughs> us on the air in Wisconsin. <laughs> Two five six two zero zero one. Frank would wish that he was here. That's right. Well, we're going to go back to the news. Two five six two zero zero one, or on online at wrtfm.org. Still got fifteen minutes to make a generous pledge to Labor Radio today. The South Central Federation of Labor, or SCUFFLE, is made up of area unions that join together to provide support for workers not only in unions, but those who would like to join one. In this next story, Labor Radio's Ellen LaLazerne discusses SCUFFLE's role in the recent win for Tracti workers in Sun Prairie, as well as their efforts to support workers in general. Last week, we reported on the contract settlement that ended the strike against Tracty Building Systems in Sun Prairie. The strikers from Smart Local 565 worked with the South Central Federation of Labor, or SCUFFLE, to help the union in supporting the workers during the strike and to reach a successful contract settlement. I'm talking with Kevin Gunlock, the president of SCUFFLE. Can you describe the types of support SCUFFLE was able to provide to the local? The type of support that we provided was to provide picket support, so we contacted unions and allies to let them know that the picket was going on and to join the strikers on the strike line. We also had a strike support fund. One of the things they make is uh, firefighter safety training centers. So we contacted the firefighters to be prepared to come out by putting pressure on the employer there too. And we also had media contacts to run some stories so people in Sun Prairie and the surrounding area here in Madison could know a little bit more what's going on. And we also worked with the building trades as well as other unions to have a grill out with the striking workers. So we have a liaison with Nightaway who provide a lot of resources so workers knew what was out there that they could take advantage of, whether it be food pantries or other things. Our office contacted the social workers union president of Dane County who gave us some information about what to do if people needed some mental health support. We wanted to have that framework of support in many different ways. In addition to support on the strike line, you also help provide important information for the local, correct? One of the first days I was out there, I noticed they had said that a lot of workers from the office were working in the plant. When we looked into that, I asked the workers to start taking photos, but also just gathering information from these striking workers about what's going on in there. We came up with seven OSHA violations. And some of those violations were absurd, but also dangerous. One truck driver was reported driving around in circles on an industrial forklift that he wasn't trained for. The office personnel that we mentioned earlier were not trained on things like like forklifts. And then they brought in temporary workers and these temporary workers were training. We then were able to inform OSHA who acted very quickly to make sure that this company was doing things safely, which they weren't. And then the other piece that I think is important that they gathered information on, we found out that the security firm that was out of state and brought in was here illegally and they were not licensed. These security firms come from out of state and they're here specifically to bust unions during strikes. In fact, this team was called Phillips Strike Response Team. 
Scuffle also provides support for workers who are looking to organize their local or to form a new union. Can you share what you do to help? What we have for Scuffle is something called the Solidarity Support Network. We bring in people who have experience in terms of tough bargaining campaigns that are upcoming or strikes so that when we meet with this union and the workers, the leaders, they can kind of tell us what's going on, what have they done, what's their plan in terms of moving forward. And then we go through that plan and we figure out how we can help out. A large part of that is really focused on the internal organizing piece of it. And then we kind of come in, bring in allies to come in with external pressure on the employer. You know, it's really important that when a union is about a year out from their next bargaining, that they meet with us and then we can kind of sit down and plan it all out. And then we have the time to figure out where we're going to be most effective. Now, I think we have 12 active organizing leads. What happens is they're contacting our office And then we get information from them. Where are they at? What's going on? Mapping the workplace out. We introduce them to various union organizers. Then we, again, meet with the Solidarity Support Network to figure out how we move forward with their organizing efforts. I've been told by some of my predecessors, we have more leads right now than they can remember in the last 50 plus years. Any final thoughts? Workers are saying enough's enough. They're fighting back in many different ways. We see workers having informational pickets going on right now. We've just had a strike where workers won. And there's many, many workers that are saying we're going to join unions and make things better for us. If we don't have success through collective action, then we're going to have failure by doing individual begging. We don't need to beg for these basic needs to be met. We're going to demand it and we're going to do it right. Scuffle's here to support the workers that want to do it right. And how would they contact you? Yeah, it's organize at scuffle.org. Thank you very much. That was Kevin Gunlock, president of the South Central Federation of Labor. I'm Ellen LaLazerne for Labor Radio. Workers at Pabst Theater in Milwaukee scored a huge victory for labor this week. We'll hear more about their successful drive for a union. At the conclusion of a multi-year effort to organize, employees for the Pabst Theater Group voted this week to form a union under the Milwaukee Area Service and Hospitality Workers Organization, or MASH for short. Talks between employees and MASH predate the pandemic, starting in the early months of 2020. When the theater group canceled much of their programming in response to the spread of COVID-19, hours worked by the 60-person bargaining unit waned and talks with the union stalled. It was only in the past eight months that the push for a union re-intensified, MASH president Peter Rickman told the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. MASH has seen successes at other event venues around the city, They scored a large victory organizing workers at Fiserv Forum, the stadium where the Milwaukee Bucks play home games in 2020. In April, Pabst Theater Group's part-time employees presented evidence of majority union support to the company, claiming that they had cleared 80% of the potential bargaining unit that had signed union authorization cards. Workers subsequently requested that the company voluntarily recognize the union a request that the company denied in order to force an election supervised by the National Labor Relations Board. At the conclusion of the board's vote count held on June 1st, the final tally was resounding. 32 votes in favor of a union and four against. Workers will now head to the bargaining table for a contract with the company, although no negotiation sessions are currently scheduled. Reporting for Labor Radio, I'm Sean Hagerup. (laughs) 
And we only have about eight minutes for you to call and pledge. Uh, I believe we have something else to thank, do we? Dave Poklinkowski made us a generous pledge, and we want to thank you, David. Thank you, Dave, for your generous pledge. Thanks everyone who has pledged eight more minutes during this drive to pledge for Labor Radio. I, uh, I'm under the impression that uh, Ellen has calmed her dogs down enough that she can talk to us again. Hi, Ellen. Hi, yes, my dogs were having quite a bit of excitement. Um, <laughs> but a lot they of were barking. excited because... They know people will be calling in to, to WRT 256-2001. Those are good dogs. Pledges. Good. Yes, they're very good dogs. Yeah, that's what they told me anyway. Call in 608-256-2001. That's right. And we only again, have a minute think, or so here. Well, again, I think it's amazing that there's all this organizing going on with, with workers stepping up, and I hope that that continues to happen and hopefully we can continue reporting on um, the wonderful actions that many workers are taking to have a voice and control in the workplace. And we can do that with your help. 256-2001 or go to the website wrtfm.org. Make a generous pledge. Um, Nobody's pledged online for the last 20 minutes so we need you to be the next one or you can call 256-2001. We have phone answers who'd be happy to walk you through. It was Lois and who else? Uh, Lois and Sean. Lois and Sean, thank you for running the phones. 256-2001. We're going to go back to the news for a moment or so here, but uh, this is your chance. 256-2001. Become a supporter, listener supporter of WRT. Apple Store employees may be getting in on the drive toward union representation. Labor Radio's Janine Ramsey has the story. Apple Store employees in the Atlanta, Georgia area are following in the footsteps of workers at Starbucks and Amazon by organizing to form a union. Theirs would be under the auspices of the Communication Workers of America. Sources indicate there was such strong pushback from Apple that the scheduled vote was canceled as the labor group trying to organize Apple Inc. employees at the Atlanta store withdrew their request for an election citing what it alleges are illegal union-busting tactics by the company. The labor group also reported COVID-19 infections among staff at the store located at the city's Cumberland Mall. The CWA filed complaints last week with the National Labor Relations Board accusing Apple of violating federal law by forcing workers in Atlanta and New York City to attend captive audience meetings about unionization, a familiar tactic that has recently been challenged by the NLRB General Counsel. NLRB rules require a wait of at least six months when a union chooses to withdraw from an election before petitioning again to represent the same group of workers. In recent weeks, since employees announced their organizing efforts, Apple has reportedly moved to boost worker pay. Sources indicate that Apple stores in Townsend, Maryland and New York City's Grand Central Terminal are still expected to hold votes in coming weeks and more than two dozen more have expressed interest in organizing. Listeners and Apple Store retail workers can go to appleretailunion.org for more information. This is Janine Ramsey reporting for Labor Radio. Workers at the Gernstein Company in Waukesha won their EEOC case this week. Kara Weidel has the story. 
Gearston Company of Waukesha will pay $140,000 and furnish other relief to settle a lawsuit for racial harassment and retaliation. This settlement announced yesterday responds to a U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, or EEOC, lawsuit against the company. Gearston Restoration violated federal law by creating a hostile work environment for African-American employees, including the use of racial slurs and racial comments in the workplace, and wrongfully engaging in retaliation by firing an employee who complained about the racist treatment. According to the EEOC, black employees were repeatedly subjected to racial slurs and comments, which managers witnessed and took part in. Although employees complained about the hostile work environment, the company did not address the harassment. Instead, Gearston assigned one of the employees who complained to a more physically demanding work and then fired him as retaliation, the EEOC said. In addition to obtaining $140,000 in monetary relief for the aggrieved individuals, the settlement provides equitable relief for Gearston employees, including training and appointment of an Equal Employment Opportunities officer who will be responsible for handling any future discrimination complaints at the company. Wendy Martin, area director of the EEOC's Milwaukee area office, said, Employers cannot allow their employees to be subjected to racial slurs and comments. Such conduct must not be tolerated in the workplace. Gregory Gotchenauer, the EEOC's regional attorney in Chicago, said, The law requires employers to take complaints of race harassment seriously and act swiftly to address such conduct in the workplace. We acknowledge Gearston's cooperation in the early resolution of this lawsuit and look forward to working with the company to ensure the workplace is free of harassment in the future. Reporting for Labor Radio, this is Carol Weidel. And two minutes left to pledge to Labor Radio today. Uh, Carol and I, I and Ellen are here. Yes, Carol? and this is our all aboard, uh, all aboards pledge dropping uh, episode because it's all about the boards. We have a bunch of board. We have some very out of date boards that need to be replaced. Uh, we've raised forty thousand dollars, but we need to add more. And if we reach that our goal before the end of this pledge drive, we will cut the pledge drive short. Isn't that amazing? So, so if you have forty thousand dollars to pledge to WRT, yeah. now is the time. Make right. Labor Radio happy. Two five six two thousand one. Ellen. Well, the the boards are what actually help us go on air. The they're. Um, do you want to describe what the boards are so people understand? You know, a bunch of things with sliders and different. Run? There's a bunch of different sliders, yep. and we can turn things on and off and adjust the volume. It's very exciting. It's it's a lot more complicated yeah. than a keyboard on a piano. It's like yeah. that, but with no, fewer keys. Two five six two thousand one right. is the number. Um, we're going to go to our credits in a minute here, but we have about thirty seconds right. to convince you to call two five six and two thousand one. Talk to Sean and Lois, who are both eager to take your calls. I heard one phone ring just a minute ago. That could be a pledge. It could be, but the information has so. not reached us yet. That's right. Two five six two thousand one. Ellen, and don't forget you can go online and punch the do- donate button when you go to wrtfm.org. All right. Well, thank you very much. We're going to go to the end credits. 
Thanks for listening to Madison Labor Radio. I'm Gigi Todd. Thanks to editors Frank Imspack, Ellen Lilazern, assistant Ramba G, reporters Mike Bernhard, Greg Jaboski, Sean Hagerup, Anna Ham, Scott McCullough, Janine Ramsey, Tony Reeves, Carrie Weidel, and damage control specialist Joanne Powers. Thank you as well to website editor J.J. Meyer. Thank you also to WRT news reporter Reed Cam-I for his story. And special thanks to Keith Steffen, our reader coordinator, and to all of our readers and the members of IBEW Local 2304 WORT Staff Collective. And I'm Keith Steffen. We also like to thank all of the generous contributors to Labor Radio and WORT. Oh, yeah. Thank you, contributors. Thanks again. Please stay tuned for the Blues Cruise with Dave Watts.